Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and we are going to be discussing The Other Way this episode, man. It's really something. Um, But again, no hot cause, but we are going to talk about some 90-day memes, the toe edition. So we're going to jump right into that. Meme number one. Wayne and Holly haven't been in each other's presence for 15 minutes, and they're already disagreeing with one another. We'll get to it. They're our first couple that we're going to talk about. So that's actually going to be the end of our memes. There are definitely more, but I think they are better seen than me hearing them. So all of that, again, will be posted to Facebook and Instagram. So let's jump into the reason that we are here. Toe, Season 5, Episode 2, Long Distance Medium. So, as discussed, the first couple we're talking about is Holly and Wayne. So, we see Holly and her mom, her name is Judy. They're getting ready to leave to go to the airport. She has a lot of suitcases. I feel like this is the first person we've seen, especially on the other way, with a lot of suitcases. Like, she has absolutely no plans of coming back. That's how it felt. Um, She's very close to her mom. I think she did mention that last episode, I believe. Um... And she says that she wants her mom to be honest with her about Wayne. And um, (laughs) she says that she might just run off again if she gets scared. So this seems to be a habit she does. (laughs) But her mom says that she is concerned about Holly's safety. And... This is why I'm going to leave my thoughts to the end for a second. I'm going to keep going. Um, Her mom says that she has had second thoughts about going to South Africa because of the safety. And she feels like she, Holly, is living in a fairy tale. Well, the first thing I'll say is, well, yes, your daughter is living in a fairy tale. She has her hair long because, well, Rapunzel. And and then as for the whole safety situation with South Africa, South, South Africa, <laughs> guys, it's really early in the morning. <laughs> but here's my thing. And again, I've said I've mentioned that my my boyfriend he is South African and he is also from Joburg. Um, my thing is, yes, is South Africa dangerous and is there things that happen? Yes, of course, 100%. I don't disagree. 
my boyfriend wouldn't even disagree. Um, the problem that I have though is South Africa is a beautiful country and I do take issue when people are hyper-focused on it, which I think you should be aware of what's happening around you if you're going to be going there. I think that's important, but don't let it deter you at the same time. Does that make sense? I, there's so much to explore, I feel, in South Africa, just from what I've heard and seen. And I think, like, I don't like the whole, and again, like, going ahead, but when they do get there and they're showing next week's episode and she's, like, all concerned because she's squatters, ma'am, have you been to any major city in any country? Like, again, we, we're from Ontario, near Toronto. We don't live in Toronto, but we're near Toronto. And if you would see the craziness in Toronto, we have squatters too. Does that mean our city is dangerous? Well, at the moment, if you hear the news, (laughs) that's not great, but we're still safe. We can still live our lives. There's no difference in South Africa. You can still live your life. Do people get murdered and shit? Absolutely. That happens everywhere. But these people who are coming in and robbing him, their goal isn't to hurt him. His Their goal is to take his shit and leave. So although that is a scary moment, chances are you're going to live to see the next day. Chances are. Now, again, going ahead a little bit to when we find out, I was shocked by this. He doesn't live in a gated community. No wonder he's a fucking target. I didn't, well, of course, I, I, I felt, you know, not everyone is able to afford, I'm sure, I'm sure to live in a gated community. I'm sure there aren't many. Well, not even so much that. I feel like there probably is a lot of gated communities, but maybe there are just none available in his price range, and this is the one that he, he chose, knowing full well that maybe he is going to be a target. But no wonder. No fucking wonder. He's not in a gated community. That adds to it. He is literally a waiting chicken. <laughs> Honestly. Um... So yeah, I did take offense to it, but it's like I thought your daughter's been there before. She came back alive, didn't she? Shit. And I know Joburg is probably like the worst part. That's where a lot of it is that was happening. Not even just there, though. It's not just happening there. But I know Joburg is also very bad. Um, but there's more to South Africa than just the violence. I, I don't know, but that was, maybe I'm biased, but, you know, anyway. So, meanwhile, with Wayne, we see that he's getting ready to pick her up. He says he's worried that, or was worried that she would have moved on to somebody else back in the States and not come back. But, you know, he says, I was pleasantly surprised. 
he's nervous about meeting her mom in person. He He's worried that Holly won't adapt well because there's going to be a lot of changes in South Africa financially, uh, how you live. Um, they drive on the other side of the road. I, I don't know how I missed that, but I didn't know that. I just learned that. Um, not by watching this. Um, quick detour <laughs> to something else. To those who have Netflix and to those who are interested in like romance, thriller, mystery type stuff, Fatal Seduction, which is based in South Africa. So good. I'm impatiently waiting for volume two, but that's what I learned. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. But again, makes sense because, you know, England and stuff. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he, he's concerned about her adapting to what living in South Africa will mean versus her living in um, Utah. So back to Holly and her mom. They've just arrived at South Africa. She tells us that she hasn't slept and she hasn't eaten and she is about to be sick. And she says, like, I don't know why. I don't know if it's, you know, because I haven't slept. I don't know if it's food poisoning. Ma'am, you just said you haven't eaten. I think it would be the fact that you've been flying for 30 hours and haven't eaten. And then add nerves to the mix. And also, what's really interesting, actually, and I know I hate to compare the two, but I should just thought about it. What's interesting here is she tells us that she has ADHD, correct? And she immediately gets sick after landing. And I'm sure there's a lot of factors that factor into her doing this, but she gets sick. It's coming up the other end. Then what happens with Statler, who also has ADHD? So I wonder, I mean, again, I'm ignorant. I don't have ADHD. I don't know if... There's also like bodily reactions to certain things that are caused because of ADHD. I'm very curious about that. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm curious because like even like with um, maybe this is TMI, but with the family member that I've mentioned who has autism. There have been other bodily reactions that could have, that could be linked to his autism. So I'm curious to know if it's just something that happens because both of these women had a reaction to traveling and this is what happened. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm curious. Of course, for Stadler, it was one end and for Holly, it's the other, but I'm, I'm, very curious about that. Anyway, um, but anyway, she runs to the bathroom because she's literally about to be sick. So while Holly is throwing up in the bathroom, Wayne 
tells us that he's been waiting for two and a half hours for her to come out. Okay, so yes, like she has to, to you know, deboard off the airplane. They have to go through customs. They have to get their suitcases. And yes, now she's throwing up. All things can factor in, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but I feel like going and waiting for two and a half hours feels very excessive. I wonder if he's been there. Like he got there an extra hour. Because I just, I, I... I don't understand how he would be waiting for two and a half hours, especially when, like, you know, I think a lot of us have probably experienced throwing up when you have literally nothing in your stomach. Eventually, there's nothing coming out. Eventually, you just have to be like, okay, like, here I go. Like, I don't feel like she would have been throwing up for a long time. Um, unless it's a stomach bug related thing, then maybe, but I don't feel like she would have been throwing up a very long time. So she didn't even like change or anything. She just took her sweater off. Like, I don't know if anyone noticed, like she was wearing that dress underneath her sweater. So she didn't even like probably do a Darcy besides maybe rinse her mouth out. She probably just like, you know, so I thought that was very excessive. Um, but anyway, then we see her coming out and she immediately before even like, like they're blocked by like a bar thing. She doesn't even wait. She just runs to him and hugs him. It's very sweet. Um, but she tells him, don't kiss me. I've been sick. And he's a little disappointed. He says, I haven't seen you. And can't remember how long it's been, but they haven't seen each other. And he says he wants to kiss her, but she has throw up breath. So he's like, I don't want to kiss her puke, but um, he then says hi to her mom, but he is not letting go of Holly while he does. Um, but eventually, once Holly is able to release herself and get to the other side, pass of the side of the bar, he does um, hug Judy. And they're sitting down, and I was very confused as to what they were doing, but that's besides the point. That doesn't matter. Um, they sit down and he keeps telling her to be careful of her dress because guys, it's really short. And not only that, it like has like a scoop at the top. So when she's bending over, she's showing a lot there or is risking showing a lot there. Um, her, she's putting on different shoes and even her putting on different shoes, you, there's not much left to be desired, I guess, is what he used to hear back in the day. So he is concerned because he says people are watching her in a sexual way and he doesn't want that. I don't necessarily know if they're looking at her in a sexual way. I think multiple things 
that they're probably wondering if they're wondering this at all. Why is their dress so, so short? <laughs> but I think the main thing they're looking at is the fact that her hair is long as hell. I think that's what they're they're looking at. And that's something you don't see very often. However, you know, he says, like, she does have a weird son. Not really weird. He didn't use the word weird. But he says that she has a unique fashion sense. So he doesn't want to rain on her parade a bit, I guess. However, I don't know what this was. I feel like this is something you wear for your man in a room and no one else sees it if you catch my drift. Like, that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like actual clothes. It looked like lingerie. So, I don't know. Um, she says they are going to be moving. She wants to move to a gated community. He's not thrilled. He says he did a lot of work on the house. He said, you know, I did some security measures, which we will see later on in the next time on. Um, but he says, like, you know, give it a minute, like, you know, see what I did first before you make a decision to want to move. But I understand why she wants to move to a gated community. I, like, personally, when I heard he didn't, I was actually very shocked. Um, but again, not every community is gated. So, and maybe not everyone, again, can afford a gated community. So, you know, I, I get where he's coming from. However, if your wife really, or future wife at this point, really wants you to consider moving to a gated community, then move to a gated community. Because she needs to feel that sense of safety. And if she feels safer and can sleep better at night, knowing it's not going to be so easy for someone to break into her home, then, you know, see what you can do. Um, and she tells him that he won the wife lottery. So <laughs> he says, oh, okay. But yeah, that's the end of Holly and Wayne. Okay, so next couple, new couple alert, we have TJ and Kimberly. Now, guys, I'm going to be calling him TJ for the duration of this podcast. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but, all right, so we see TJ doing a story, a voiceover. And you're wondering what is happening. But before we do, we find out that he is 30, 33 and he lives in Jaipur. So then he tells us that he has been doing voiceovers for about 10 years. He does voiceovers for commercials, ads, and kids' stories. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. I think this is very different. I've, I mean, obviously someone does it. Um, 
in hell. It's better than fucking Ed Kemper doing Star Wars books. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I was impressed by this for sure. Um, he says that he lives in a safe area. He lives with his dad, mom, and brother. His family, he says, is very traditional. So, traditional in the sense that the woman does all the housework and the men provide. He tells us something that I wish we had found out even earlier, especially when we have like Simmit and Jenny with the cow in their home. Um, that one season, I don't know what season it was, but we actually find out that, you know, cows, you know, obviously are sacred. We know this already, that you can sometimes see them in your home. We knew that already. But what we didn't know is that cows are actually viewed as mother figures. I didn't know this. And the reason why is because once you go from the milk of your mother, you naturally would go to cow's milk. So, you know, in that sense, you know, your mother provides your milk, right? So that's why they view it that way. And I thought that was very interesting. He tells us that he joined a, a spiritual group on Facebook. And that's how he met Kimberly. He sent her a request and he tells us she didn't accept his request. <laughs> Apparently she told him that it looked like he was scamming her. So she didn't want to take a risk. So he says that he, now this is weird guys, we'll get to her in a second, but he said that he started manifesting her. So he tells us that manifesting, he goes a little more into detail as to what manifesting is. Um, and he goes from his perspective, but I think this can apply in any case. This goes a little further than Darcy and Stacy saying manifest it. <laughs> I, yeah. So he tells us that manifesting is a very real thing in Hinduism. So basically it's, you know, you have something that you focus on. In his case, it was her picture and you pray about it and hope that you know, the manifesting gives you what you are asking for. So, um, he, uh, so like I said, yeah, he took a screenshot of her profile picture and not so much praying. Yeah. She started meditating, which, uh, as I said, probably, uh, worked. So we'll get to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, after about six months, they met in person. She actually stayed in India for a year. 
his parents actually approved them getting married. So guys, we are in a much better position than we were with our other two couples. Um, But he does tell us that it would have been easier if he just chose an Indian woman. His family expects her to be a traditional Indian wife, but sound familiar? He hasn't told her this yet. I want to scream and tell him, TJ, you probably didn't watch this because it's probably being filmed roughly around the same time as our last season of Toe, but the last person who did this and didn't tell her, Rishi, um, didn't go good. I mean, it didn't go good for many reasons, but it didn't go good. So the only thing I will say though about this that's going to be kind of fun is, do we see some wife training again? Oh man. Oh man. But anyway, but yeah, he tells us that he hasn't told her because he just wants to be able to focus on the wedding. You see why men can't do more than one thing at a time? Anyway. So, now we're with Kimberly, and she tells us that, right off the bat, we're just going to say she's clairvoyant, um, and she we see her with some tarot cards, and she tells us that she cleans her deck by saying a prayer to herself, and we see her kind of shuffling the deck. Um, so then she tells us that she's 33, and she lives in Muscle Shoal, Alabama. She tells us that she's clairvoyant, which is basically the energy, that she feels the energy, she says. And she is claircognizant, which I think that, I can't remember what she said that was. I didn't write that down. I'm going off a memory. <laughs> and then audience, which is her ability to hear. Um, and then she says, there are a lot of Claire's. <laughs> okay. I didn't know there was more than just clairvoyance, so I learned something. Um, she tells us about having a dream. Okay, this kind of will connect a little bit now. She tells us about having a dream that helped her find her fiancé. She tells us in the dream that they were driving dune buggies in the desert, and she says that they were having a lot of fun but she never saw his face. So she then spoke to her spirit guides and they they basically said like, you know, he's gonna 
you know, show himself or whatever. So she was ready. She said, you know, lead me to him kind of thing. And then a few days later, TJ reached out. So very interesting on both ends here. He manifested her and then she had a dream about him. <laughs> Curious in which order this went in. <laughs> but anyway, her her spirit guides said, that's him. And that was that. He asked her to marry him over a text message. She says to him, like, that's not a proposal, dude. So then she tells us that she went to India to meet him. And after about 20 minutes, months, what did I write here? I think 20 minutes, <laughs> he proposed. So she, you know, she was there, obviously we know for a year. And then she came back and she said, after being back in the States for four months, she's going back. So she says that she's nervous because she is not as involved in the wedding planning as she would like. And they're actually on a video call. And he tells her that weddings are pinkish. Um, so yeah, she wants to be more involved, but he tells her to not worry. They are also renovating an apartment. And she says she's actually more nervous about that than she's about the actual wedding planning. Which I think makes sense. <laughs> um, so the apartment is actually above his family home. So they'll still be close quarters. Um, she... She's nervous that she won't like this apartment. And, uh, yeah, I, I can understand her nervousness about it. And I don't know why he's not involving her. Here's my thing. My thing is, is you want her or your family, which we'll get to, want her to be involved and they're doing everything however she is eager to be involved and you're not guiding her you're just telling her help her understand because this is going to be her life she is going to be living in india so i think she should be involved and i'm not sure why he won't involve her in the wedding and why he won't involve her in the renovations of the apartment it's not just your home it's also hers so I, I don't, I don't understand, but we also learn that apparently you can't cook onions and garlic. Oh God, I couldn't do that <laughs> because apparently in Hindu traditions, wow, <laughs> um, Garlic and onions are very pungent, and it actually causes bad 
energy. I didn't know this. She's Italian, y'all. So we got a problem. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the garlic. We have a problem. He, um, after they talked about that, though, he asked if she can draw a card from her tarot deck. And she has it there ready to go. And, you know, she does all of that. Cool. We'll get to what card she picks in a second. She does not want to live with his family, but she wants to marry him. So, you know, kind of like what we learned with Rishi and Jen last season, having family homes is very normal. And if he is expected to provide I don't know if he's the oldest. I think his brother is. But if he's expected to provide and help provide for his parents, especially, that's never going to change. Um, so she ends up pulling a summer solstice reverse card, which she basically explains means he is not as confident at the moment. I thought the the card she picked for him was interesting. Yeah. Tarot is very interesting to me. I don't understand it. Um, but it's very interesting to me. I'm definitely interested and I wouldn't do it myself, but like I'm interested. Yeah. Anyway. So we then find out that they're getting married in 10 days after she arrives there. And we're with his, with him and his family at the moment. Um, so he's with family and his brother says that Bride's family usually plans the wedding. I feel like we didn't know this. Um, but they're having to do it all because she's not there. And TJ says to them, well, there's no solution. Like, what do you want me to do or her to do or anything like that? Um, so we learn because her family, his mom, is kind of making fun of the fact that she wanted to wear white. Well, white is traditional in America, um, but white is not in India. And we find out, actually, which, again, I didn't know, apparently wearing a white dress is just for funerals, or um, a woman who could wear white, like if she's widowed. So basically, it's a color from mourning, not wedding. So the reason that a bride would wear a red dress is because it signifies fertility, wealth, prosperity, and happiness. 
all things I never knew. I thought that was so interesting. And again, I think she should embrace it. I have always thought that Indian wedding dresses are gorgeous. Usually Indian brides look gorgeous. So, um, wear the red dress. So, um, his family is concerned about showing her and teaching her the culture. And TJ says, you know, that she really does like want her privacy. And her mom's like, uh, his mom's like, privacy? You have privacy. You have a whole room. And I said, God damn, how dare she want privacy? But again, that's just how it is. Like, you don't get privacy. <laughs> and that's okay for them, I guess. You know, I, I don't know. It will be an adjustment for her. And then his brother tells us that he has had some ups and downs in his relationship with Kimberly. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see <laughs> how that will turn out with the family. But he then tells the TJ that, you know, mom is doing everything, you know, in the home. So the plan is that Kimberly and then the brother's future wife, which I don't know if he is seeing somebody or if he's engaged to somebody, I don't know, or this is just hopeful thinking, uh, will they'll be doing a lot of the things in the home, they'll be taking that over. Again, that is what happens. And I can't remember if DJ tells this to his family or if he says this in, in the moment, but he says that Kimberly wants to continue being a U, like a U.S. girl. Yes, because she is American. And he is concerned that because of this, this will create some conflict. It probably will create some conflict. But it'll be interesting to see how that turns out when she gets there. So we see her now recording a video and she tells us that she tends to record like holiday videos, like celebrating different holidays. She says it's not a, like a huge thing. She only has about a hundred subscribers um, but she tells us that she is a habitual optimist because she has dealt with depression growing up. So, you know, she feels kind of like what we've seen now with like Robin Williams, um, for example, the one example I could think of, um, because he would say this that, you know, when you deal with so much hurt in yourself, the one thing you want to do is spread love and happiness and laughter with others so they don't feel how you feel. And that's kind of what she says um, as well, that, 
just wants to spread the love and make everyone feel happy. So far, I really like her. I thought that I wouldn't from what we saw in the in the uh, trailers leading up to the show. I thought I wouldn't like her. I, but it turns out maybe he might be problematic, but we'll see. So far, I am really liking her. Um, so then we see her bowling with her dad and her stepmom. She also says she lives with them. And they are going to be coming to India in about a week for the wedding. She tells us that her dad and her mom, her biological mom, they divorced when she was four years old. And she tells us that they were in a custody battle for eight years. That's a freaking long time. And she says, like, once that kind of was over, that... One year, she would live with her mother, her siblings. She also has siblings. And then the other year, she would live with her father. So they would do this back and forth thing for for some time. But eventually, her dad did get full custody of the kids. And they ended up moving to Arkansas. So she sees her mom as her as her mother she actually does refer to her as her mother to her um and um she tells us that her biological mom she felt like she, her mom didn't like her at all even growing up um that she clearly has no issues with her other siblings um She tells us how she does try to talk to her mom, but they just don't have a good relationship. She actually says to her dad that I think she doesn't like me because I remind her of you. Now let me say this. That's fucked up. First of all, that must make her feel so shitty. And I know someone who kind of hasn't mentioned things like that before and um not to this extreme but has definitely voiced feeling maybe a little more alienated it can really fuck with you and um i i feel horrible for her i think that's horrible i hope her mom watches this and reflects and is maybe better, but you know, that's so sad. But anyway, um, so she sits down and she talks with her parents, and she does say that I don't know if he fully understands what she's sacrificing in moving to India. Um, She's like, he hears me, but like, I just don't think he understands. And she's scared that she won't have an equal relationship with, with him in the same way that like her parents have an equal relationship. Um, and again, just to clarify, 
when I say parents, I'm referring to her father and stepmother as her parents because that's how she views them. Um, obviously her father, but her stepmom as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think she'll have any cool relationship with him. It's clear already. It's happening already before she even gets there. He won't even talk to her about the wedding or talk to her about the apartment renovations. It's happening right now before she even gets there. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them. I really know. So we'll be interested to see. But that is the end of TJ and Kimberly. So next we are talking about Kenny and Armando. So there's not a whole lot here, but definitely some interesting things happened. So Kenny and Armando are talking, I know, after their first night in Mexico City. They say they know they slept okay, but however, Kenny was woken up by the garbage truck. And their mana says, you see, you see why we can't live in Mexico City. Try again. <laughs> um, so they say they need to go get some groceries because there's nothing in the apartment. So they're going to go do some grocery shopping. And at the last second, as they are about to walk into the grocery store, Amando tells Kenny that he's going to be doing the grocery shopping himself because he says that if you want to live here, then you need to learn how to do certain things and everything can be on me. So as we already know, Kenny doesn't know any Spanish or he knows very little. Um, so Armando basically says that you actually have to go and talk to the vendors and tell them what you want. It's not the type of grocery store that maybe we see more in America or Canada where you just kind of do your own thing. And very rarely do you need to talk to somebody behind a counter. So Kenny says in his in the moment that he's kind of surprised that Armando is doing this because he says that he doesn't typically play games like this. So we find out, or somehow Armando finds out that none of the vendors speak English. I don't know how he found this out, but anyways. So he, Kenny is looking for some chicken. Apparently he has been told he needs to get legs and thighs. So he does find a counter that has quarters and he is able to say, can I have cuatro these? So he does that. Um, and he does that fairly easily. It's pretty good. Now he needs to go get spices. So he goes to a different clerk and asks for salt and pepper. In English, Armando actually says the proper, like says it in, in Spanish to Hannah, but I didn't quite catch it. Um, so Armando says that he kind of feels bad because obviously this vendor is not understanding him. And he says he kind of feels bad. However, it's also kind of funny. And I said, God damn, that's dark. <laughs> and here's why it's a little dark. We'll get there. We'll get there in a minute. Why it's kind of dark now that he's kind of laughing at his pain. Um, 
Kenny does get some carrots, so he's able to do that as well. So here, Kenny tells us that he did tell Armando before he even moved to Mexico that he would have some issues learning the language because, which I don't even think we knew this, he has a learning disability. He's dyslexic. So because of the fact that he is dyslexic, it's going to be harder for him to learn language. But I feel like even if you are to use like, I don't know, a Duolingo or a Babbel or something like that, um, there's still going to be reading involved or be able to, to kind of do that. I very briefly looked at uh, like different language apps like that, but you still need to be able to read it and be able to read easily. And obviously with the dyslexia, that's not easy. So, and then not to mention add on to the fact that this is a 60 year old man and it's harder to learn a new language as an adult, especially as an older adult. So, um, he kind of beats himself up because he doesn't have a translation app on his phone. Now that I'm going to have a problem with, sir, you don't speak the language. You've known this since you've been there and you've been there for some time. Why don't you have a translation app on your phone? I got it all times. Or can't you just do that on Google? Like, can't you just go to Google, say translation, and then you just do it? Like, so confused. Um, again, Armando kind of says that he thinks it would be harder for them to live in Mexico City because he doesn't know English. Now, here's my thing. I feel like that's kind of an excuse and somewhat selfish on Armando's part. And I hate to say that, but the problem that I'm having right now is he keeps saying, you don't know the language, you don't know the language is going to be harder than it would be in their small town that they currently live in. And I say, wouldn't it be the other way around? Cause I feel like somewhere like Mexico city is maybe also fairly populated with people who are English speaking um, as well and are able to navigate through life living in Mexico City. So why is it harder? And again, maybe I'm coming from a perspective, I don't know this, maybe I'm ignorant about this, maybe that's not the case. But I'm just kind of like, why would it be harder to live in a heavily populated city that also, you know, expats would live in and whatnot. Not to mention, if that is the case, maybe they're not near an expat community, but if they are near an expat community or maybe even possibly living in an expat community, wouldn't there not be places that they could go that someone speaks English as well? I'm just, I find it very hard to believe that it's harder to live in Mexico City versus the small town they live in. It's, it's it, I, my brain can't compute that, but Maybe that's just my ignorance, but it's very weird. So in the next scene, we see that they're going to be walking to the dog park. And Kenny says that Armando and Hannah would rate his grocery shopping experience as a fail. Hannah does say that she is enjoying herself in Mexico City, but she would definitely miss her grandmother and her family. Um, but she does say, and this is again, just sweet baby Hannah, 
she literally says that, but it's okay. I can do it because Kenny did it when he left his family. And I think that's the part that Armando is kind of missing. It's not so much about that. It's about the fact that, and he kind of says like, you know, just because you came here, like, should I be sacrificing this or compromising on this? But he had to compromise and sacrifice. He had a lifestyle with his children, his grandson at the time, which was his grandson, I think, at the time. He had to do that as well. This man was bawling his eyes out, the idea of leaving his family, but he did it. So why can't you be somewhat uncomfortable for a time being and eventually you will adapt? And again, if you really, really hate it, then, you know, then don't do it. This is why you're doing the trial run, but you should be open-minded. And I don't think he is. It just makes the trial run null. Null and void. It it don't exist anymore. So they talk about the shopping experience, and Armando keeps talking about the fact that the language is an issue. The language is an issue, and I just again I kind of went into that. I don't understand how it's an issue. Um. Then he brings up something about like. I was very confused with this because I just didn't understand where it was coming from. And I think also Kenny was very confused because I, he also didn't understand where this, was, where this was coming from. Think about like, you know, I don't want you to feel like I feel like I have to like sacrifice or something. Like it was very confusing. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> Cause none of it's making sense. I can understand if you say like, I don't want you to think I'm resentful or I don't want you to, to, for me to think that you're resentful. Like that means, but that's not what he was saying. It was very weird. It was something that like, Kenny's like, have I ever said that? (laughs) And he's like, no, but, and he's like, no, Armando, this doesn't make any sense. What you're saying doesn't make sense. And I think that's the biggest problem. But I think like he, in so many ways, trying to say, I will probably resent you if you make me make this move. So to say that. And don't think because you sacrificed coming here that I should do the same. Just say that. Because I think that's basically what he's trying to say. It was his, 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 he was just dancing around the issue and just not coming out and saying what he was trying to actually say. Um, yeah. So then Kenny kind of says, you know, relationships is about compromise and that's the most important thing. And yes, that's true. Is about compromising. However, Armando kind of says, do you expect me to compromise on something as big as this? And we don't get an answer. That's basically how their, their section ends on this episode. But yeah, that's the end of Kenny Armando for this episode. So now Julio and Kirsten. So... We still see him waiting for Kirsten, and we're just going to skip right past it. She finally comes out, guys. <laughs> All was good. Um, so she tells us that Customs took her passport because she started getting nervous when they were asking her questions, basically saying, like, why are you here? She explains, I have a boyfriend here, so I'm visiting him. 
then they say like, did he ask you to bring like a suitcase for him or something? And she says, I don't know if they were asking about drugs, but like, what? Just kind of a fucking Netherlands. Like, what? What? Maybe there's drugs, but like she literally said, like she has a boyfriend here. She has a stamp on her passport saying she was in Miami. Fools. So clearly, she has like a reason to be here, and you're just wasting her time, your time, everybody's time. But anyways, I go through her suitcases. All's good in the world, and she was giving her passport back, and she gets to go. So they get into the car, and they're driving, and she sees a school bus, and she gets very excited about the school bus because I guess they just don't have school buses. Um, in uh, the Netherlands, so she's real excited about it. <laughs> um, she says she only sees school buses in the movies. She then asks about the guy with the thing in his hand, and you're sitting there being like, "What are you talking about?" And Julio's like, "You mean the Statue of Liberty?" who, by the way, is a woman, not a man. And she's like, yeah, yeah, the Statue of Liberty. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so they're going to be staying in a hotel in Manhattan. And he is like, we, you know, we need the alone time. I haven't seen her in over a month. We need to be reacquainted. He's like, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. And producer like starts laughing in the background. Um... So that night, maybe after they got reacquainted, um, they are just kind of walking around Manhattan. I think they're headed towards um, Times Square. So they see the Statue of Liberty. There's just a man in a costume. Now that is a man holding something in its hand. Um so they go into a bar and she orders this drink. For those who didn't watch the episode, called Porn Star Martini. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I still don't know what it is. I did see some olives in the drink. I try to understand what's going on here. Like, what the hell is a porn star martini? Anyway. Um, he tells her that he would like to be able to find an apartment before he moves there. Um, she says that he also needs to get a job and he needs to learn the language. He said that he has tried to learn Dutch. He thinks Dutch is probably one of the harder languages to learn. So he is really struggling with it. But again, like if he does want to be able to have a job, then I guess he probably does need to learn the language. He said that to producers that really the only Dutch he knows is no good and something else that he said is by far the worst thing you can say. So those are the things he knows. Of course, you learn the swear words. Anyway, they decide that they're going to leave and go back to the hotel. And she is definitely worried about whether or not his mom is going to approve of her. And he does say, like, if my mom doesn't approve, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, For those who, like, I'm not going to say he's at the extreme of I love a mama's boy or if any of those idiots on that show. I'm going to say maybe he might be more like what's his face, 
whose mom um like hated his wife and he told his mom you need to go away and fuck all the way up the one who those watch the show the one who did the dna test on the youngest kid if you know you know and I think he might be more to like that level, although I don't think his mom is to her level of crazy. But I mean, again, for the most part, like he's one in a million, really, because the rest of the idiots on that show um, side with their moms. So it'll be really curious to know what this mama boy will, will do if he will uh, stick by his mama or say deuces. I'm still going to go and be happy with my woman. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, there was not much with these guys, this episode. So yeah, that is the end of Julio and Kirsten. Okay. Last couple, Brandon and Mary. You guys, I, my God, this is where the bulk of the episode is going to be going to. It's going to this fuck show. Um, okay. So Brandon is going fishing with his godparents with the phone. And she's sleeping. And I thought to myself, if only you knew what she did she okay um he asks if there will be cell service his godparents literally picked a place where there would be better cell service than fish so he can keep video calling now that's just as enabling i'm sorry um anyway he tells us that the last time he went fishing that she thought that he was cheating for fuck's sakes like i i i oh man okay i'm trying to get through this because my thoughts he mentions that he loses service on the way to the place they're going. But he does eventually get it back. He also says that he has to be on the phone when he goes fishing, but she's sleeping. So why do you need to be on the phone? She's asleep. She doesn't give a shit. She's in dreamland. I I don't even know. His his goddad tells us that he was friends with his dad from when they were kids. He says that he also grew up with his mom as well. They, his godparents say that since his relationship, he doesn't do much. They also can't have a conversation with him in private because, well, she has to be listening. 
I'm sorry, but that's, that's control, obviously, but if, if, he's never going back to the States as far as she's concerned. I'm just saying that right now. Um, so the living situation for when he is going to be in the Philippines, he says that her grandparents will be living with them so they can get to know him. And I thought this was interesting, but here's why. He says that him and Mary decided to build a home together in the Philippines, but a typhoon, y'all, a typhoon came in and wrecked the house. Was this the same typhoon? But Sheila dealt with? I'm curious. Anyway, um, he said that he has spent fifty to sixty thousand dollars on the house. Now he has no money. He maybe has like two hundred and fifty bucks to his name, but that's it. We're gonna get into this more, okay? We're gonna get into why he is literally broke. He says that he's not worried that she will leave him and take him for everything that he has because his step his goddad actually mentions that. Like, are you worried about that? Um, and he says no, he's he's not worried. Um I don't think she would either, honestly. Anyway. So we find out that he has lost maybe about four jobs because of her control over him. That's a problem. That's a problem. I've seen this happen before. Not me personally, but I've heard stories about this happening with other people. Um, and that's not, that's not good. That's not good. You can't, like, okay, here's what I'll say. Example, my, my boyfriend, the job that he does, he's technically not allowed to be on the phone. He has done it, but, um... He's not supposed to be on the phone when he works. He can't talk on the phone. He shouldn't be texting, really. He shouldn't probably even have a cell phone when he works. But he does. And, you know, that would, like, be me expecting him to be on the phone with me 24-7, even if he's at work, and risk his job that he's had, in his case, for years. So it's just, like... You need to have some respect for the fact that he has a job and he needs to provide not only for himself, but for you. Um, if that's what he's supposed to do, what are you going to do in the Philippines? Is he going to work? Like, I don't even know if he has a skill, like if he's went to school for anything um, that he can maybe even do remotely. Like I, so dramatic but at the same time on the other hand he did 
cause her to um, drop out of school. However, I'm starting to wonder if there is a tit for tat going on between them, and they're not fully aware of that. And we're not fully aware of that. So he's asked about what if the arguing doesn't stop. Like, what are you going to do? He tells us that, you know, he doesn't have a backup plan. This is it. This is all he's got. And um, he probably never will have a backup plan. Alrighty. His parents say that he would probably rather die than not go over there. What? <sighs> oh no. If that's, if, okay. If that is how he feels, y'all, can we get an intervention done? That's not normal. That's not normal. Um, anyways, he caught a fish. So, cool. He threw it back. It was a catch and release. So, next scene with them, we see that he's getting ready to go to the airport. His god mom comes in uh to get him she says that you know she left five minutes ago so then you know they're in the car driving to the airport his goddad asks if his mom is going to be there to say goodbye to him he says he doesn't know and says that he has not spoken to her since the uh, dinner incident However, he does hope that she will be there. And in this moment, I thought, you really do want her. Even though like he's trying to be tough and say, like, I'll be fine if she doesn't come. I thought in that moment, like, no, 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 you really want her there to say goodbye. Like, you'd be torn up if she didn't say goodbye to you. So in that moment, I thought, please, God, let her show up. Please let her show up. Because also, she'll regret it as well if um, she doesn't say goodbye to him. We get to the airport. His goddad says goodbye to him outside. So because he's going to be staying with the car. And they walk in. Him and his godmom. And she's like, do you see her? And he's like, I don't know. And then we see his godmom say, oh, there she is. So she showed up. I was so happy um, that she was there. And clearly, he seemed... Again, tough exterior that he has, but he seemed to be somewhat relieved that she was there. Um, and they definitely have a very emotional goodbye, or at least she has a very emotional goodbye. And um, she hugs him and she says, I don't want you to go. But she does realize that she has to let him go. She fears that she will not see him again. She says that at the dinner, she was very angry. Um, and she hopes that he won't let control into his life. And I thought that's a perfect way to put it. And I agree he shouldn't. When, um, Okay, so she 
does say, I think to us, not to him, but the reason they were not close is definitely because of her choices. However, they definitely could have bridged that gap, but Mary stopped that from happening. And uh, I definitely can understand her anger in that, because that shouldn't have happened. He should be able to have all relationships in his life, including Mary. And his relationship with Mary should not be getting in the way of his other relationships, but it clearly is. Um, he says that he is happy that she's being supportive because he really he really wanted that from her and then this idiot incompetent honey incompetent isn't a word i think it's just simply i don't feel confident or not as confident Inconfident. he was confident that incompetent was a word my god um so um yeah so anyway he's on his way to the philippines and he tells us that he hopes that the fighting will stop so in the next scene, he is on the plane and he tells us that he has three flights. His first flight is going to be to LAX. Then 20 minutes later, text messages. Guys, you know me. I wrote them down. So here we go. Brandon, I love you, Babby. <laughs> I got Wi-Fi finally. Mary, let me see who's next you. Not next to you, next to you. Brandon, they have me sitting next to a girl. Nothing I can do about it. Mary. Great. Just wow. You always want to be with girls. What? <laughs> Brandon. I'm not talking to them though. And it's a short flight. Mary. Of course you'll talk. Brandon, nope, not gonna talk. I'm not talking to anyone, Mary. Fucking stop. Mary, nope, you will, Brandan. All right, that's his new name, guys. Brandan. See, you can't even reply because you're talking to her. So we come off of the text messages for a moment. Trust me, there's more if you didn't watch the show. And 
he tells us that he feels scatterbrained. He ends up getting a different seat. I don't know how this conversation happened, but he ends up getting a different seat where no one is beside him, and he shows us. And um, then Brandon says, sends another text, and it says, just got my seat changed. Now no one is sitting next to me. Happy now? Question mark. Mary. Liar. Okay, so um, before I even continue, there's something wrong with her mentally. Because, and as we'll see with the rest of the text messages that happen, there's something wrong here. More so than just like her jealousy and her worry of him cheating or anything like that. Something is horribly wrong with her. It's disgusting. Let's continue. So he says that he doesn't know what he can do to appease Mary's demands. And y'all, this was just during flight number one. This was just a flight from wherever the hell he is to fucking LA. Anyway, he just lands at LA. Some more texts. Brandon, two more flights to go after this. Mary, fuck you. Fuck your girl. Brandon, no, Mary, I'm not. Fucking not fucking anyone or talking to anyone. Fucking can't even be genuinely happy about this travel because you're overthinking. So he says that he's frustrated with all of this. He doesn't think he deserves this. Of course you don't. And I don't know why you're even going to the Philippines. Because clearly somewhere you think you do. This has been going on long before you did this travel. So, anyway. Another text message from Mary. Next plane to T-O-O. There's a girl too, like always, with a lot of S's at the end. And then um, we see he's on the flight, and we can clearly see no one is sitting next to, her, to him at all on either side. Uh, he just shows this to us. He says they are so used to to overthinking that they argue and they fight. Well, here's the problem. You haven't built the trust up because you're always constantly on the phone with each other for the mere fact that you both have trust issues. So of course there's going to be constant overthinking because you are so attached in an unhealthy way. And how are you supposed to be otherwise? You guys can handle not being on a video call so he can travel to the fucking Philippines. It's it's madness. Anyway. More text messages. Mary, you make me hurt. You make me crazy. So fuck you. 
and your girls there. Brandon, in caps, I didn't do anything. He then says that he wonders if he is making the right choice going to the Philippines. No, no, sir, you're not. Everyone's been trying to tell you that. You didn't listen. Anyway, more text. Mary, I'm fucking done. You're a cheater and a liar. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to live a life with you. You're not belong here. Don't come here. I'm done. I'm fucking done with this storyline. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't think this is abuse at this point now. We're seeing it from her that this is very abusive. He's literally coming to you. This is the thing. This is how it's going to end. One or both of them are going to be dead. One or both are going to be dead at the end of this. This is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know why they're in this relationship. They're toxic for each other. And um, it was at this at this point in the show that I said, I, I hate her. I fell for her with the whole school thing and everything, but I think, and again, we, I think we'll see more when we actually see them together because everything that she has said, we haven't seen yet from him, but I think she's the bigger problem and I think she has no right being in this relationship. Honestly, that's my personal thought, but that is the end of the episode. So next time on, we see Kim and her dad are heading to the airport and they're doing pirate talk to each other. It was very cute. Um, we see Armando telling Kenny he is not fully prepared to move to Mexico City. He says that he also says that it always has to be Kenny's way. Eek. Mary's mad, y'all. She's big mad. He apparently said he would not be sitting with girls. If he did, he's an idiot. But I also don't know if he said that to her, really. Because to us, he says, and I guess I'm gonna, I, I didn't bring this up, but he says to us that I can't control who sits beside me. If you book your ticket, you don't know who's beside you. Or if anyone is beside you at all. I don't have control over that. So I feel like, you know, I can see in a world maybe he didn't say that. But also in a world where he could have said that to make her feel better. Because she's crazy. And I hate saying that about women, but I think she wears it well, unfortunately. Anyway, so she says that she has every right to be mad. I'm not going to get into this. We'll wait till next week. Um, but anyway, then we see that her phone is ringing. It's probably him. And then Kirsten Julio, she asks him if his mom knows he's moving. He says that she knows he's moving, but doesn't know when. 
Um, but she's upset about this. And then Wayne and Holly and, and her mom are driving back to his home and they see squatters on the way and mom says that it's sketchy. And then when they get to the house, he shows them some pepper spray thing that he did in the pipes that would spray on an intruder. I don't know. And then um, back with Kim and TJ, she tells him that he she's worried about the apartment and they see the apartment and she hates it. She says it's small and they half-assed everything. And she says that it's his fault. And he says, okay, don't marry me. As we've seen. But that is the end of the episode, guys. If you liked what you heard, please share reality tea times two with everyone in your life. Also, make sure that you follow or subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. You can also rate and review on Apple Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be greatly appreciated. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by um, following us on Facebook and Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also email us at Reality Tea Times 2 at hotmail.com. We also have a website where you can listen to all of the episodes and also get links to our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages. And the website is realityteatimes2.eludu.com. All of this information will be in our show notes. So that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.